This is episode 217 with Melissa Ambrosini. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? I just wanted to quickly remind you that if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Mine is Himalaya. For those of you that have not heard of Himalaya, it's an epic brand new podcast app which has so many awesome and unique features no other podcast app has, like episode and channel playlists. It's free, so easy to find new shows, and is really user-friendly. So head on over to the app or Google Play Store to download it today. Don't forget to follow me once you're done so that you can listen to my episodes one day earlier than they're usually released. Pretty cool, huh? Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. My name is Nick Broadhurst, and today... I'm going to be your host because we have a very special interview with the one and only Melissa Ambrosini. Melissa is a rare human. Obviously, I was very captivated by her when we met five and a half years ago because I proposed after two weeks. And since then, my life has been better than my wildest dreams. But has it always been easy? Absolutely not. Melissa and I have experienced the full polarity of what life has to offer. And as a result, we've grown so much together. But through it all, what I've witnessed as the person closest to Melissa is someone who walks the talk. Melissa is the first to admit that she's not perfect, perfectly imperfect, in fact. But what she does do is keep moving forward. Melissa is so committed to her own growth and is a wealth of knowledge and inspiration to literally millions of people now. And she deserves it. Day after day, she's always thinking of how she can show up better as a human being so that she may be of more service to you her beautiful tribe. Now, if you are new to this show, Melissa is the best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide and the host of this amazing show. And I really wanted to do this Q&A episode with Melissa because I actually do go out there and read the reviews and I do hear from people what they want more of on the show. And I have to say the most common thing I hear is that the listeners want to hear more from Melissa. Melissa does an amazing job as a host because she holds space so beautifully for her incredible lineup of guests and allows them to shine. But today, it's my job to hold that space for her to answer the most commonly asked questions that have been submitted by you. Welcome, Melissa, to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. (laughs) I think you said Melissa about 45,000 times in that intro. Well, you're the the guest, so... (laughs) That was really sweet, darling. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to do this conversation because we get to talk about things that we love as well. But before we get started, what did you have for breakfast this morning, darling? Well, this was different to what I usually have. This morning I had 
soaked oats that had been soaking overnight with blueberries. I had some wild blueberries in there. I had maple syrup and I had some flax seeds on top, ground up flax seeds. It was so delicious. So you 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 ate some grains? I ate grains. Whoa. Whoa, people. This is huge. This is big. This, this is, is a game huge. changer. I mean, everyone knows probably that I love my oats and I'm right into the grains. But yeah, Melissa's mixing things up a bit, which is nice to see. And I want to say congratulations on 7 million freaking downloads. Hello. I know. It's so exciting. I absolutely love doing this show for you guys. It is the best fun ever. And 7 million downloads. It just goes to show how much people are hungry for growth and wisdom and knowledge and change. And so I just want to acknowledge everyone listening. Thank you so much for tuning in twice a week, every week. I love doing this show for you guys. Yeah. And I will say that you and I are working quite hard on a whole bunch of new things in the future, which will really see this show continue to grow and to see the guests just get more amazing and more amazing as time goes on, which is really exciting. So there's some really big things around the corner, which is awesome. Now, today is a Q&A show. It's a different format. We've never done this before. We've done the yin-yang Q&A where we both answer questions, but this is really about you. This is your opportunity to be heard by your audience because people do talk about it a lot. They want to hear more from you. And of course, when you're interviewing people, you want them to shine, as I said before. And you have to hold that space for them to get their message out in a, you know, in a set period of time. So while you do share a lot and you're very open, there's only so much you can actually do yourself. So I think this is a really beautiful way for people to hear more from you. So I'm really excited. And I went through the questions. There was so many questions. There was this huge spreadsheet, in fact. And I felt like about 30 of those questions that we received all came back to one thing, health. and whether it's about your hair, your skin, <laughs> yeah. your menstrual cycle, your teeth, energy levels, your eyes even, it all comes back to health. And you've interviewed many people on this show about health, specifically around certain ways of eating like keto, paleo, low carb, high carb, high fat, high saturated fat, vegan, like everything, right? You've covered a lot of ground. How have your views on health and nutrition changed since starting the Melissa and Bassini show? Such a good question. And I think it's really important to preface this whole conversation with the fact that I'm always changing, growing, learning, and evolving. Because if we're not growing, we're dying. And if you think of it like a plant, like if a plant isn't growing, it's decaying and it's dying. And what I think or thought or believed yesterday is going to be different to today. What I think, thought, and believed five minutes ago could be different to what I feel today. And so I want to remind everybody that you're allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to have different beliefs and to grow and evolve. That is what we're here for. So my opinion and my view on health has definitely shaped and shifted and grown and evolved over the years, and in particular, since we've been doing the show for the past two years. But let me tell you where I'm at now in my life. And I've experimented with all sorts of things, like you've said. I've, I've tried everything. I literally have tried everything. And where I'm at now is I am so dedicated and committed and loving 
eating a whole food plant-based diet. And what that means is foods that are from nature. So vegetables and fruit and nuts and seeds and legumes, all of those beautiful things that we find in nature. I eat all organic, but that hasn't changed. I've kind of done that for a really long time. And I'm so committed to eating as much from nature as possible and getting a whole colorful range of different plants on my plate. And every single guest that I've had on the show talks about the importance of plants. And we cannot deny that they are the number one thing that needs to be a majority of our plate, on a majority of our plate. You know, that needs to be about 90% of our plate. And so that's where I'm at today, you know, and who knows, it could change, don't know. But right now, this is what my body's really thriving on. All of the foods that I had put in the not allowed to eat basket over the years, I have started to reintroduce and I'm having a really good time with it. It's been so fun. And yeah, just getting back to nature, real food that is grown in nature and there's an abundance of it. And we are so lucky to have that abundance available to us. So you said something there about 90% of your plate, and I find that to be great advice because that last 10% is really up to the individual. So we are talking majority plant-based. So whether it's tempeh or turkey, that's the choice of the individual, right? I will just say though, first of all, you mentioned whole food plant-based. Now that's in a very important distinction because you can do plant-based and eat a lot of crap. You can eat hot chips and tomato sauce. Yes, this is true. Right? And you can smash vegan ice creams and you can have a very high fat vegan diet, which is really not the way to go. Or you can do whole food plant-based. Now that means it is as it came out of the ground. That also includes no oils. Talk about the oils. Yeah. So we have eaten a diet very, very high in oils before. You know, we've had all of them. And we recently came to the realization that that's actually not a whole food. And so we've been experimenting with not using any oil and we feel amazing. And I just wanted to share a little thing with you. I was getting eczema on my hands. And since I have gone, you know, more of a whole food, plant-based diet and cut out these oils, my hands cleared up which is just amazing. And so, you know, there's a massive movement of eating lots of saturated fat. And I think lots of anything is not a good idea. You know, we really just need to be super mindful. Like there's an amazing app, which you told me about called Chronometer, and it can track all your macros. And it's a great thing to do to just kind of work out, okay, am I getting enough fat, enough protein and enough carbohydrates? And so, you know, we have recorded it and made sure that we're getting enough of each and we absolutely are. And, you know, avocados, they're just so beautiful. They're an amazing source of fat and it's a whole food. So yeah, we've been enjoying some avos lately. Yeah. And also rather than having olive oil, we eat olives or putting a few walnuts on the plate, things like that, and getting those beautiful different types of oils through the whole food. And just from my own personal perspective, 
it's been an interesting journey for me because yours was more of an intellectual arrival at going whole food plant based, and to a degree, we kind of we kind of feel like, oh my gosh, like why were why didn't we see this? And that's just been our journey, right? And as you said, it might change. It might change. For now, it feels so true to us and so good to us. And I really hope that this lasts a lifetime for us. I have every confidence in the world that it will because it aligns with our environmental, our spiritual, social beliefs. And I mean, I mean, look, let's talk about animal cruelty. I mean, when you're eating meat, it's really hard to go or even just consuming any animal products, not even just meat, like just eggs, for example. It's really hard to go and watch those films like Earthlings or Dominion or listen to things like The Best Speech Ever because you've, you're confronted with what you're contributing to. And that was a big shift for us. It's horrific. Know? That it's, was a big shift, you know, becoming aware of those documentaries and watching those documentaries and watching The Best Speech Ever by Gary Urofsky. Urofsky, that's it. You know, I was just like, my jaw was on the floor and I was like, wow, how have I not even, you know, thought about that? No, it's not that I didn't think about it. It's like my eyes were just opened to another level. And yeah, it was, it was pretty like a bit of a smack in the face, really. I think like anything, there's levels of evolution and growth. And, you know, we turn a blind eye to things that we don't want to see because it doesn't suit us. Now, for example, a lot of the masses might be drinking Coca-Cola and then one day they realize it's not good for them. Or it's got a Spartan in it and that- And they might think, wow, how did I not see that? Yeah. That's like at a very base level, right? Yeah, or refined sugar. Now, for us, you know, for me it was a bit different. I woke up, I don't know how long it was, maybe three months ago now, I woke up and my body just rejected animal products overnight, just literally- do you remember I said to you, I, I'm done. I, 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 if I think about animal products, I feel like I'm going to vomit. It was the weirdest thing. I always suspected this moment would come. I've heard about it from a lot of people on a similar path to us, and there it was. So it was choiceless for me. So what I did is I went deep into the science very quickly. Like I've already done a lot of that already, but I wanted to go deeper. And I found it really fascinating because – a lot of the studies, for example, that I had looked to previously, because when you're wanting to f- validate something that you're doing, mm-hmm. you can you can validate anything. Like you can validate that blending butter into coffee is good for you. You can validate that bacon is good for you. You can validate all these things because there's research out there on everything, right? There's a for and against for everything. There's an up and a down, a black and a white. There is a for and against for everything. And sorry to interject, darling, you can pop back in two seconds. But what I was going to say is it's what I'm so passionate about is delivering both the for and against for anything and then you choosing, like delivering you guys the information so that you can educate yourself, empower yourself and have both, have the black and the white, have the for and against of any topic, absolutely anything. And then you tune in, go within yourself, and then you decide what feels good for you. That's the most important thing that you can do here. Not what I say to do, not what so-and-so says to do. It's what feels true for you to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of things are taken out of context. If you look at saturated fat, for example, I found studies that suited my 
my beliefs at the time. But having gone back and really looked at it properly, you know, the science is actually very clear on that stuff. And a lot of those pro-saturated fat studies were swapping it out with things that were obviously still going to be absolutely totally unhealthy, but show that saturated fat was better. Like if you swap a high saturated fat diet with a high refined carbohydrate diet and trans fats, which one's going to win? I mean, the butter and the, and the egg yolks is going to win, right? Because it's still a whole food. But if you swap that saturated fat for polyunsaturated fats or unrefined carbohydrates, essentially a, a whole food plant-based diet, then you are lowering your risk of cardiovascular disease, which is the number one cause of death in Western populations, right? So it is about context. Simon Hill, a friend of ours, spoke about this recently on his Instagram account, Plant Proof. And I found that he put it so well, because it is about context. And we can always take things out of context to make us feel better about the things that we are doing. One of the things I also loved, I read a book called How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger, who I think we probably- Yeah, he's coming on the show soon. Oh, great. So an amazing book because it's just peer-reviewed. There's 250 pages of references Mm. at the end. 250. That's amazing. But he didn't put them on a website. He put them in the book. He wanted people to see those references, right? So one thing that really struck me, because I followed a lot of the paleo stuff and I sort of bought into that. I can see where that's flawed now for me personally, my own personal belief. I can see where that's flawed. If you look at modern day human beings and how they're thriving today in this world that we live in, that's what I wanted to find out. So a long time ago, I read the Blue Zones book. And I did an 11-part series on my own podcast about the pillars of longevity. Now, one of the Blue Zones, and this is where the zones of the world where they have the highest percentage per capita of people above 100 years of age or centenarians. Yeah, so the most centenarians in the world. Right? So they found five different areas around the world. And there was the the Nikoi Peninsula of Costa Rica. There was Korea, Okinawa. Sardinia. Sardinia and the Seventh-day Adventists of Loma Linda. Now, now this is a modern population living in a part of California, right? And what's amazing about this population is that they actually have the same beliefs, right? So they're living the same lifestyle, tens of thousands of them. So a lot of the factors like smoking and all these other things are removed, right? Because they actually don't do that stuff. They're actually living the same lifestyle. They're stopping the technology in the weekends. They're going for hikes on the weekends together. Spending time with loved ones. They believe in the same way of living. So you've got this really controlled, but very big group of people. And they studied them over a very long period of time, tens of thousands of people. And they looked at 100% plant-based or vegan. I will just say the reason I don't say vegan is because Vegan also, to me, sort of implies the things that you're not doing. I like the fact that 100% plant-based is talking about the beautiful whole array of things that are available to you as a plant-based eater, right? You're not excluding things necessarily. You've got this beautiful abundance around you. And vegan obviously goes into your own spiritual, environmental, and ethical beliefs as well. So that's a personal choice. But they have 100% plant-based. They had lacto-ovo-vegetarian who eat eggs and dairy. And they had occasional omnivores, not even high meat eaters, like just occasional, right? And they studied them over a long time. And what they saw was a stepwise increase in disease and mortality. So the more disease and mortality was in the slightly omnivorous population. And then as you went to lacto-ovo, 
they had slightly less. But of course, the lowest was in the 100% plant-based. Now, that particular population, they have a huge array of fake meats. So they actually live a lot. Well, not a lot, but they do eat a lot of fake meats, right? So if they actually went 100% whole food plant-based, imagine how amazing those statistics could look, right? And I love that because this is not a hypothetical about how we might have eaten thousands of years ago. This is people just like you and I, Melissa, who live in a modern society, right? And it's super relevant. So I hope that sort of clears up a lot of the food stuff. Yeah. And I just want to say, if anyone wants to read The Blue Zones, like it's such an amazing book and yeah, check it out. And how not to die. All right, moving on. It's a big one, the food, isn't it? So still on the food, what do you have as a treat? Mm, Okay. Well, we can tell them (laughs) what we had yesterday as a treat. Yep. So we have been experimenting with this vegan brownie recipe and kind of tweaking it and just, I will put it up on my website, so don't worry. Um, And so we had that, we took that to the cinema last night. We went and saw a movie last night and we took that and I took my organic nettle leaf tea and Nick took some tea and a smoothie and some dinner. And yeah, we sat in the cinema and had this beautiful brownie. So yeah, that's probably like my favorite treat at the moment. And it's... uh, oil-free, nut-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free. It's actually made out of oat flour and white cannelloni beans. Cannellini. Cannellini beans. She's still learning legumes. (laughs) (laughs) I actually knew that. I don't know why I said that. Cannelloni. Isn't cannelloni? No. Isn't that an Italian dessert? That's cannoli. Cannoli. Yeah. I'm Italian. I should know this stuff. I think it's cannoli. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so that is what I love, having a treat. We don't use the word treat because we we don't we just call it a dessert. I don't uh, you know we don't call them treats or anything like that because I don't want it to feel like I'm not having a treat. Like for me, my bowl of vegetables is a treat. You know, my my curry is a treat. My smoothie is a treat. You know, so for me, I don't, we don't call them treats. We call them desserts, and we enjoy them. And we have no guilt around it. And that's something that's really important as well. And yeah, if you want to make something, just make it and enjoy it and eat it with love. Yeah. And of course, it makes up a small percentage of what we eat because what we're eating tastes so good. Like if you have baked sweet potato in its skin and it's melting and oozing all that beautiful, gooey, sticky sugariness. I mean, that's... That is like nature's dessert right there. Yeah. you You don't need to go and make a dessert, right? That's so delicious. And of course, there's just fruit, for example. Like you just had some strawberries and raspberries because we just went to the market. So, I mean, that's technically sort of like a dessert, right? But it's just what we eat. Yeah. Yeah. And the next one, health-related, which you had a lot of questions about, which is quite funny. Do you dye your hair? (laughs) I have mentioned this now so many times on different podcasts and Different Instagram posts. No, I do not dye my hair. I have not dyed my hair in 10 years. And a lot of people are like, yes, but you have blonde highlights. That is because I spend a lot of time in the sun and in the ocean. So my hair is actually in summer, it's incredibly dry. My hairdresser's like, you've got to. What I usually do is I swim in the ocean every day and I don't wash it. And he's like, Melissa, please wash the salt out of your hair. But now, right now it's winter here in Australia and because I haven't been swimming as much, my hair is like getting back to luscious, which is really nice. But nope, don't dye my hair. 
I choose not to put anything, any toxins, any chemicals on or in my body. That is a choice that I have made. I'm very, very intentional about it. All of the products that I use in my home, in my bathroom, in my home, and for cleaning and things like that, they're all as toxic-free as possible and as natural as possible because our skin is our largest organ. What we put directly on our skin gets absorbed straight into our bloodstream. And another thing is we vote with our dollar. So every time you are buying that highly toxic face cream or cleaning product or you're going and getting your hair dyed, you're saying, I believe in this. I believe in this. I believe in the company. I believe in their values. I believe in their ethos. So I'm going to give them money. So this is something that's so important. Like every time you hand over money, every time we hand over money, we ask ourselves, like, do we believe in this? We are so intentional about this. And it's really important. We vote with our dollar, with everything that we buy, not just our food, everything. So please be really mindful of that. Nothing changes if nothing changes, right? Mm-hmm. And in case you're wondering, no, I don't dye my hair. Oh, yeah, they wanted to know that, babes, too. Because I have the occasional blonde highlight, too. <laughs> you do, actually. <laughs> and that's just, a, we live in the tropics. We, you know, we're in the sun a lot. Nick surfs for three hours a day in summer. So we're out there and it, it gets sun kissed, that's for sure. Nothing better than a sun kissed body, I reckon. Speaking of non-toxic, it actually ties into the next question. What do you use as a natural perfume? Well, I use the beautiful doTERRA essential oils. Right now, I actually have spearmint on, and that is because it is – I have a a collection of oils next to my desk, which are my work oils. So they are uplifting and inspiring oils that I want to kind of give me that boost of energy. And spearmint and peppermint together are just so beautiful. It's like – Woo! It's like you don't need a coffee when you've got peppermint and spearmint next to you. So there, that's what I've got on right now. It's delicious. And for the ladies with men in their lives and they want to get their men off Mark Jacobs or something like that, you can easily make yourself a blend. And I've spoken about my blend before on my podcast, but it's seriously, how much of a reaction do I get from women when I wear this? Oh, so much. It's really simple. So it's 70% vetiver. 10% aroma touch and 20% fractionated coconut oil. Just put that in a roller bottle and sort of shake it up. It's so good. And if you want to get those oils, go to melissaambrosina.com forward slash oils. Yeah. And we can link to it as well in the show notes. But another thing, like I, you know, whenever my dad or my brother comes over to my house, they now know not to wear cologne. Like I've been telling them for a really long time, but they still have it. And my brother was recently staying with me and I was like, dude, you you can't wear that in our house. And he was like, okay, no worries. And then he was like, oh, how come? And so I explained to him, you know, our skin is our largest organ and you're spraying it straight into your thyroid gland. And so many people have challenges with their thyroid and their hormones. And that is because, you know, one of the reasons is because they're spraying these highly toxic chemicals straight into their thyroid gland, which is the gland just near your throat. And so I made him, I actually gave him Nick's roller, which Nick wasn't very impressed with. I haven't made a new one yet. I'm going to do it today. It's interesting because when you remove these things in terms of cleaning products and perfumes, And skincare, hair care. Now, people, it's not that you're getting sensitive to stuff. 
I said to a friend of ours last night, I said, it's be- you become more refined, like you're refining your senses. So we walk down the street sometimes and we're like, whoa. Oh, whoa. You get, you get like knocked, you get like bowled over by these smells that are just so synthetic. I like um, gagging. And not only that, I start sneezing and Leo will start sneezing as well and True. get itchy eyes and things like that. You know, I've, I've had friends that spray their perfumes and they get a full red rash and I'm like, dude, it's obviously not serving you. No. Well, I think that covers a lot health-wise because at the end of the day, what you put in and on your body is going to change a lot when it comes to health. And honestly, what you put in your body in terms of food, that is the lowest hanging fruit. That's a game changer in so many ways. Like it changes everything. It really, really does. And if you want vibrant health and energy, start there. Start with what you are putting in your mouth and the water that you're drinking. Make sure that you're drinking clean, non-toxic water. Get a filter on your entire house and drink clean water and, you know, really be mindful of what you're putting on and in your body. That is the best place to start if you want health, vitality, longevity, all of those amazing things. There are certain things that we are subjected to that we can change. So we can remove fluoride from the water. And chlorine and heavy metals. heavy metals and all the sediments and things. We can do that. We have the choice to do that. This leads in perfectly to the next question. There are some things we can't change. Well, we are, I shouldn't say we can't change because we're trying to change it right now. We had a few questions around 5G. Now, if you've been watching my Instagram or Melissa's Instagram, you would have seen that we've been incredibly outspoken about this and we spoke at an event this week on the Sunshine Coast about it. We're so passionate about it. We believe this is one of the greatest human rights violations ever to occur, ever. I don't want it to sound, you know, like that's a stupid statement. I I actually totally believe if you take a population and you subject them to something which harms them without their consent, is that not a human rights violation? Absolutely. Right. So 5G, the thing with this, it's a big beast. Telco is the biggest industry, to my understanding, in this country certainly, right, in terms of where the government receives money from, okay? So change there is going to be a challenge, but we're up for it, aren't we, darling? So let's talk about 5G. The questions were, why have you decided to become an activist in that area? It wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, I'm going to do this. It chose me. You know, it it was like tapping on my shoulder saying, you have to be a voice, you have to be a voice, you have to be a voice. Because, you know, we're, we are already doing so many things in our home. Like I have interviewed so many experts on EMF, on radiation. I've had so many people on my show talking about the harmful effects that radiation, EMF radiation can have on you, right? So in our home, we do the best that we absolutely can. We do not have Wi-Fi in our home and we have our phones on aeroplane mode 90% of the day. That other 10% is when we take it off and when we're doing Instagram or we're making a phone call or doing a text message. But most of the time, our phones are on silent and on aeroplane mode. 
and then we don't have Wi-Fi in our house. And then at night, we actually turn the electricity off in our whole house. And you don't have to do that. That's just what we do because we want to. And we don't want anything buzzing. We don't want any sort of radiation, any sort of EMF buzzing around our beautiful temples whilst we sleep. And so with this 5G stuff, there are more and more studies being shown of the detrimental effects that EMFs are having on us. Tens of thousands of peer-reviewed studies. Absolutely. And we really feel so passionate about it and like we have to be a voice because it is a human rights violation and we just feel like we want to help educate people. I have had thousands of people message me, come up to me in the street and say, I had no idea. And then I'm like, great. I'm glad you had no idea because it means I've done my job right because I'm I'm trying to spread this message. I'm trying to get as so many people out there. I'm trying to wake people up. And even if you don't have an Instagram following, it doesn't matter. Like you can still be a voice for this. You can sign the petition, which please do. We'll link to it in the show notes. Please sign the petition to stop the rollout of 5G here in Australia. Um, if you live somewhere else, uh, I'm sure there, there's lots of petitions going around. We'll still sign the Australian one too and we'll, yeah. we'll sign yours. Yeah, let us know and I'll sign it for you if you want us to. So what you can do is tell five people and that is all, 5G, tell five. That's what we want to do, all right? So we want you to tell ideally more but just start with five people. Tell your mums at the school, tell your husband, tell your parents, tell your cousins, your aunties, your uncles, the lady at the coffee shop. Just bring awareness to it. Start to bring some awareness to it. And, you know, what we're going to be doing is going to Leo's school and, and educating the school on it because we do not want that 5G and our beautiful children whose brains are still developing and very, very malleable at that time in their life to get exposed to that for eight hours a day. And we were listening to a scientist this week and they were saying that the radiation penetrates, what, about half a centimeter in an adult brain? And how much do you, how much did he say in like a child's brain? Was it about? I think it was all the way to the middle, wasn't it? Possibly. And, you know, that's the thing. Like we don't want, we don't want that for our beautiful children. And so this is why we feel so passionate about it and we want to spread the message. And I really hope that you will use your voice. We've all been gifted a beautiful voice to use it and use it for good things like spreading this message and educating and inspiring other people to take action. So yeah, that's why we feel passionate about it. And not to mention what it does to plants and animals. Animals. And And the bees. Yeah, bees. I mean, the bees are in a really bad place right now and it's getting worse and worse, not just because of that, because of herbicides and pesticides and good old Monsanto spraying their crap all over the world. And, you know, I found this really interesting. There's a company in America called Dry Farm Wines, right? And Dry Farm Wines is a company which tests wines around the world to try and find clean wines, wines that are, that are free from mold, metals, herbicides, pesticides, right? They tested all the wines in America, including biodynamic and organic, and every single wine has glyphosate. Whoa. So what's happening is it's in the water table and it's circulating and raining on the crops, right? Now, that is, I don't want to say lost cause because Mother Nature will turn that around and hopefully one day companies like Monsanto won't, you know, take advantage of us. But 
5G is in its initial stages. We can do something about it. But the bees, if we have no bees, we have no crops. We have no food. And the human species, see you later. Right? Mm. From bees. And they're already in serious trouble. Like if that's not enough to scare someone, I don't know what is. Mm. Right? So definitely, you know, get your schools and also your employers. Yes. If you if you're in an office, if you They want to put antennas in office, you know, oh. that might be in the corner of your office, a five G antenna that's picking it up from a base station, right? Or on your building roof. And and they're they're popping up. They're popping up on apartment buildings. So keep an eye out for them. They are popping up everywhere in, in major cities. They're popping up. So keep an eye out. And, you know, if you're renting an apartment, like you can have a say about that. You don't want to be sleeping under that. We have something which is coming soon, which is going to be very powerful for this. I don't know when it's going to happen. It seems like it's a few months away still, but it's basically called the Empower Movement. And it happened in America. It's a series of documents which are designed for that particular country, which transfer the liability to a particular person. So you could approach your local member of parliament and say, if you install it in this area, I'm going to hold you personally liable for anything that happens to me or my family. And they'll sign it? No, they have to. Wow. Right? So you can literally go to your principal and say, if you're installed here, because we've seen studies on schools that have had cell towers right next to them and breakouts of childhood leukemia and then removing those towers because of the uproar, right? 5G is way worse than that, way worse than what has been around. So this new transfer of liability you can give to anyone. This is going to be a game changer. When that comes out, we will spread it like wildfire because- I think that's the one thing that's going to move the needle. If you want to see where 5G coverage is in your area, just Google 5G coverage in your city. And if you you can go to Telstra 5G coverage, just Google that and you'll see it's everywhere already. It's really scary. And maybe we can link in the show notes to the animation, the 5G animation. So you can get this animation and please share it on your social media. This will be the file. You can download the actual file and actually share the actual video as long as you link to the petition, which currently is about 60,000 signatures, but we need, I reckon, 200,000. Yeah, and we'll get there for sure. Yeah, we want media attention, big media attention. We'll get it. I have to interrupt this conversation to tell you about one of today's sponsors, Wix. Now, I believe we all have something special to share with the world, and a beautiful way to do that is via a website. And Wix makes creating your own website and you sharing your message with the world super easy. You get total creative freedom. You have infinite design possibilities, which means that you get to create your own unique yet professional masterpiece. Wix takes care of all the heavy lifting like reliable hosting to keep your website safe and secure, custom domains and mailboxes, email marketing and more. It's super user-friendly but so slick that people will think you hired professionals. Plus, they have just launched Wix Turbo, which means your website loads faster than ever before. And I want you to share your message with the world. So Wix and I are giving the MA Tribe 10% off when you upgrade to Wix Premium with the code MA Tribe. How cool is that? Now, let's get back to this conversation. Okay. Have you dealt with anger or having a temper during your journey? If so, please give us tips to deal with anger. That's from Lilejo M595. <laughs> okay, so 
Ne- you never get angry, hey? Not at me. No, nah, never. Not like this morning at the markets. <laughs> like you weren't angry at me this morning. What was that about again? No, I wasn't. Oh, because that's what right. What was that about? Well, because I'm all excited about oh, all these he's new- Oh, trying to tell me to eat things that I don't want to eat yeah, right now. I'm it's excited. annoying. I'm excited. And she's like, but, she snapped at me. But I think it's really important to preface this with anger, frustration, sadness, happiness, joy, all of those emotions, feelings, they are just energy in motion. And I try not to get attached to- the feeling, whether it's anger or frustration, I just allow myself to feel it. So this morning when I felt a bit angry at Nick, and no, it wasn't even anger. It was more just a bit frustrated. You just triggered and it was just a, yeah. a knee-jerk reaction. I just allowed myself to feel it and breathe and then it passed. Although last night we promised each other. <laughs> we promised each other last night because we were a bit poorly behaved towards each other. We promised each other not to speak poorly to each other. We always say, <laughs> let's speak to each other like Jesus. You know, if Jesus walked in the room, how would you speak to Jesus if Jesus walked into the room? And Apparently uh, Jesus, you'd speak to Jesus like this. <laughs> 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 and sometimes, you know, Nick will say, babes, is that how you talk to Jesus? Or I'd say the same to him. And you're like, oh, wow, no. Or no, no. In, the, in the moment. I don't know if you have that realisation because you're snapping still, but. The realization comes. And you too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm prob. Oh no, we're pretty equal. I reckon. Yeah. We're pretty equal. Yeah, but do you know what is a really great thing is just to feel any of the emotions that come up. And I think one of the one of the best things about our relationship is that we get over things really freaking quickly. Like we get over things. We might be like and have a little thing, and then we're over it literally one second later. And I think. You know, I have not been like that in past relationships. In past relationships, I'd hold on to things for days, weeks, like months. I would hold on to anger from something he said to me and I'd suppress it and I would let that anger and resentment build within me. But, you know, now I have so much awareness that like I'll feel, I'll allow myself to feel whatever it is I need to feel. And then literally Nick and I are over it. We get over things within one minute or so and we're done and we move on. And that that's it. We don't hold on to it. We don't let it fester. And I think that's a really beautiful quality about us that I love so much. Well, and we're there now, but we weren't always there because we've had to learn the hard way. We had a couple of really challenging periods in our relationship, especially 2017, which was the year I was really badly depressed. And then the period after Jess passed away, there was two specific periods in our life where those things were very hard to do. And we spent a lot of nights going to bed angry and even some nights on the couch and things like that. And so we've arrived here because we've gone through it and we've seen the ramifications of holding on to stuff. It's just, it's just taken a while for us to get there because we had to learn that the hard way, you know? And now we made a promise at the beginning of this year not to go to bed angry. And I, I'm pretty sure we've lived up to that. Yeah, that was something that has always been really important to me. And, you know, I really, I practiced crystal clear communication and I expressed that with Nick earlier this year in January. And yeah, it's just, I don't think going to bed upset or angry is ever a good idea. So if you can, you know, have a little conversation, practice crystal clear communication before you go to bed and just clear the air and make up and 
have a cuddle and a kiss and then you'll both sleep so much. It's true. It also depends on the dynamics in the relationship, the masculine and the feminine, whether you're in a same-sex or hetero relationship, it's similar. But, you know, each month there is a significant change with the feminine energy when they go through the menstrual cycle. Mm, totally. If, if you are having a menstrual cycle monthly. It's, you know, it's, it's substantial for a lot of people. And for you it's different every month. Some months you're more emotional than others. Yeah, and I'll just cry over nothing. <laughs> over nothing. And every month, here's the thing, right? It starts happening. And instead of me, like I don't know why I haven't set a reminder on my phone, but instead of me just going, oh, right, like three or four days later of me getting the shits at her pooiness, I'll go, oh, it's that time again. Oh, like men. Even though I tell men. him, guys, I actually tell him, like I say to him, <laughs> I'm three days from getting my period. I feel a little bit more sensitive today. I could cry any second. I just feel a little bit more emotional. I even tell him, ladies. I don't know. What is it, though? Get it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's what we're talking about before. It's like you don't want to hear it. Yeah, but it also could be the way the universe has set up that beautiful balance of masculine and feminine because you always get the thing that annoys you the most in order to teach you. So you're constantly having to overcome the same things all the time, mm. you know, and that's one of them. Like men don't, I don't think men or even women in a same-sex relationship, one of them might be more emotional during the month. I don't think anyone really wants to have to work through that every single month. But you've got no choice. You have to if, if that's the dynamic, right? And I think what it does for the men, it shines a spotlight, or the masculine, I should say, shines a spotlight on the things that masculine is not as naturally good at. Now, nurturing, for example, is a feminine trait. So what we have to do in those times is embrace more of the feminine, mm-hmm. right? Which is a more of a conscious thing for a lot of men. It's a very conscious thing for me. So, yeah. Because you've been mindful of it over the years. But yeah, maybe that's why. But it's not automatic. It's still a conscious thought I have to have. Mm. I don't just go, well, I'm just going to soften now because it's that time of the month and, you know. I'm going to give her more cuddles and kisses and I'm going to stroke her hair like she likes it and tickle her back like she likes it. Do you have those thoughts? Like, is that? My efforts are lame. They are lame. Like, I might just get into bed and start, like, playing with the hair for, like, three minutes. (laughs) Three seconds. Three seconds, more <laughs> like it, not three minutes. But I like to think I make up for it in other areas, though. Yeah, you tell yourself that, darling. Oh, <laughs> that hurt. No, you're you're a beautiful partner. I think I've become a much better husband. Oh, yeah. I'm much softer. You get better and better. What do they say? You're like a, a good red. <laughs> you get better with age, even though I don't drink alcohol. I'm like an avocado. No, but then they turn more, then they go brown. Is that not true? (laughs) Oh, enough of the whole food plant-based analogies. (laughs) Actually, red wine's not a whole food. No. Anyway. All right, moving on. So, similar sort of vein. This is from Belinda Freestone. Belinda wants to know, do you still have off moments or days where you don't feel great despite all you do for yourself? Now, let me just answer this question. No, she's always perfect. I think we kind of answered that in yeah. the question before. Like, yeah, I have days where I have, like, leading up to my period, like, maybe like the day before, 
Like the day before and the day of. Wait, wait, did you say week or day? I thought you said week. You have, I haven't finished my sentence. All right. The day before and the day of sometimes really flat and low in energy. And I just allow myself to lay in bed or I just allow myself to really soak up some self-love time. I don't push myself. I used to. I don't do that anymore. I just up my self-care and self-love and I'll grab my heat packs and get into bed and grab my essential oils and, yeah, just lay in bed sometimes. But, yeah, I do have days mainly leading up to that time. uh, That's when I feel, was it flat? Was that the question? Just off days or moments. I mean, you certainly have moments because, I mean, we find ourselves in different cycles where we are looking for, you know, we sometimes plateau, for example, in our challenges. We sort of reach a, a level of comfort with where we're at and we're starting to seek the next challenge. And for you, that's been quite a long thing, I think. Maybe the last six months, you've been sitting in that space of what's next. You know, and we have some really big things, which is one of those questions coming up, actually, that we are planning. But you know, that's because we've, we've been sitting in that uncomfortable feeling of almost like a lack of growth. So I think there's been probably more days in the last six months where you felt a bit sort of blah mm. because you felt a bit not as challenged as you want to be in life. Mm. So, you know, those I, I've seen you move through that, probably the biggest tool I've seen for you is nature. Yeah. Oh, it's been the best thing. And living here on the beach, like it's, it is my medicine. And I notice like the days where it's pouring with rain and I haven't got outside, like I'm, I feel it. So yeah, mother nature has been the most beautiful healer for me when I do have those times where I feel a bit flat or not as much oomph in my step. It's amazing when you and I want to work through an idea of some sort, it's amazing, isn't it, when we go for a long walk together in nature, what comes up? That's how the whole open wide tour was birthed on a on a hike. Yeah. It wasn't planned, it just came up. Yeah, we just went for a walk and it just all downloaded. Yeah, it was amazing. So we need to do more walks together because we've got some things we need to work through there. How do you currently prime yourself for the day, Heather wants to know? Oh, good question. And I have shared this a few times on my podcast, but I will share it again. So I usually wake up before Nick and... Always. Yeah, actually, always, not usually, always. And I go into the bathroom and I scrape my tongue and brush my teeth. And wake me up. I do not. <laughs> my electric toothbrush is like me. This morning you wake me up. Sorry. We've got this because we renovated our home and our bedroom handle just happens to have a slight like malfunction in it. Where oh, the whoa. latch just catches. So every time you open it, it goes Kunk, and it wakes me up. That's not like you. Try to fix it. You built this. I house. can't. It's the one little imperfection that drives oh, me nuts. No. And it's in our bedroom. God oh, damn it. No. I'm sorry. I'll be more mindful to make it a bit quieter. But yeah, I get up and I scrape my tongue, brush my teeth. I come out into the kitchen and I have a massive glass of water with fresh lemon squeezed into it and I meditate for 20 minutes. And then once I've done my meditation, I'll usually read for a little bit. 
some sort of inspiring book that I'm reading at that time. I have to read a lot of books. I don't have to. I choose to read a lot of books for this podcast. I usually read around a book a week. And so I do that in the morning. I do a little bit of reading until Nick wakes up. And, you know, you usually wake up anywhere between, oh, it's, we don't have an alarm. So we just kind of let our body wake when it wants to wake. Sometimes you're up at like, you're up at bet- anywhere between 5.30 to 6.30. Yeah, or well, 5. I mean, even in yeah. Sydney, it's different because in Sydney, I tend to be mostly on my own. And you have to have and an I alarm have because you've got- Daddy duties. Daddy duties, school, lunch, all that stuff. But here, we don't have to have an alarm. And when I say here, I mean Sunshine Coast. So we just allow ourselves to wake when we want to wake. And so I wait till he wakes up and he calls out to me. And it's and the she best. Loves it. It's the best, the best noise ever. Shall I reenact? No, it's special. Oh, okay. I'll keep that one for you. It's sacred. It's very special. <laughs> and he calls out to me, and then I come running into the bedroom. And what do I say? I've forgotten. I'm probably half asleep. That's why. You know what I say. Good morning. Good morning. And then she sings this song. Funniest song ever. I think we've done that song before on the show. Maybe. It's a new day. (laughs) I made up a morning song. It's really good. So I run back in and then we get into bed and we have cuddles and, you know, depending on the time, you know, we might stay there for 10 minutes or have special time. And then we get up and, well, I've already been up and then Nick does his thing and I'll usually go and do either a walk or at the moment I'm enjoying Pilates, so I move. And then I come back from my movement and have a shower, have some breakfast, and that's how I prime myself for the day. You're amazing at showing up on social media apparently. Oh, yeah. This is what Windswept wind Ivory wants to know. You're amazing at showing up on social media. How do you not get overwhelmed? There's an assumption there that you don't get overwhelmed. I only get overwhelmed when I have stepped over my own personal boundaries with social media. So I have boundaries with social media. And yeah, when I step over those, that's when overwhelm seeps in. So for me, I live by the philosophy of create before consume. And what that means is in the morning, I create my most important work for that day, whether that's writing an Instagram post or a blog post or a podcast interview. So I create and then I consume and that's consuming content like on Instagram or anything like that. Most of the times I don't really open Instagram until I have done my creating for the day. Sometimes that's like 11, sometimes it's two in the afternoon. So that's that's my boundaries around that. I don't have Facebook on my phone. I don't have email on my phone. I don't have Twitter on my phone. The only social media app I have on my phone is Instagram. And I choose when I want to go into that. I try and respond maybe twice a day to messages and comments. And when I overstep that and I check a lot more than my two times, that's when the overwhelm starts to seep in. There is an episode on my podcast we can link to called How to Make Your Phone Your Friend, which is really helpful. Is there anything else I do? No, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, we have very clear boundaries. Like we don't use it at nighttime. The phones are off at 5.30. Yes, that's another thing. We always turn our phone 
off on airplane mode. We don't do social media at nighttime. Although I've I've started posting occasionally in the evening because I know that my engagement's way higher. And it's also very high in the mornings, very early because of the overseas audience. Because my audience is a lot of it's overseas because of music. So I'm still finding that balance personally, but I think you're you're very disciplined with that. Yeah. My phone, as soon as we I do my afternoon meditation around five o'clock and we eat dinner at 5.30 and then the evening is time for us to connect and my phone is off. I'm not on social media at that time. That is my time for my family. Now, Tanya wants to know, are there any secret projects we can look forward to? <gasps> there are so many mm-hmm. secret projects. Should we tell them some of them? No. Oh. Uh, we could give a hint actually to the next book. Ooh, do you guys want to hear about book number three? Do it. Should we? We're loud. I don't know. Yeah, do it. Nah, nah, we can't. How about we do a little hint? Okay, let's give some hints. There's more than one author. There's more than one author. Might be co-authored with me. There you go. That's the probably the most we can give away. That is all we can give away at the moment. It's going to be epic. It will be out September next year. So September 2020. So long. It does feel like long, but it'll be here in a second. Mm, Yeah. And it's really exciting. And we've got so many other awesome secret projects. Yeah, we we are definitely wanting to up level. Level up, sorry. Level up. Because Level up, level up, level up. I didn't even know about that until a new friend of ours. Actually, speaking of opportunities, we are speaking with new potential partners and different people to help us branch into America and bigger projects. Because one thing that I'm now filtering everything through is, is this a sidestep, this opportunity, or is it a great leap above what everyone else is doing? So really what we do now is look at opportunities that are a great leap above what everyone else is doing. We want to really take things to the next level. Or just a leap forward. Yeah, but even if someone else is doing something similar, it's on board. Yeah, we want to innovate. Yeah. That's what we do. That's better. As creatives. Well said, darling. Mm. Okay, you seem to have so much going on, but you're so consistent and polished with your offerings. How? I get asked this question a lot, and this is definitely my pitta in me. I am so organized and- Disciplined. Disciplined. That's how I get- so much done. That's how I have. So I have so many things that I'm working on, you know, my books, speaking gigs, you know, our Path to Freedom team, this show, the podcast, sponsorship, ambassador stuff, all sorts of things. And then all these secret projects that we're working on too. And for me, I am incredibly organized and incredibly disciplined. And that's how I get it all done. Yeah. Well said. Most challenging moment this year from Sandra. Hmm. Let me think about this. You know, when when I think back to challenging times, it's almost like my mind erases them. And I am an eternal optimist. You know, Nick will sometimes say, oh, do you remember that really challenging time? And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, And it's not that I block it out. It's like my mind sees every opportunity, challenging or not, as an opportunity for growth. So during those harder times, like I'm always, I always know that this will pass. And I also know that it's always happening for my highest good. 
And so I look for the lessons in things. I allow myself to feel whatever it is that I'm feeling. But yeah, like, you know, when I, uh, when I get asked this question, I just think I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain because, yeah, my brain erases those, those things because I'm always growing and evolving. Do you have one? Well, I was going to say, what about your finger? Oh, I almost see this is the thing. I'm not joking. I, I can't really remember it. I could tell then. Okay, you tell it. So, <laughs> Melissa, we had a very close friend of ours, sadly took her own life at the end of December and it created, you know, clearly a amount of stress. And Melissa had a small amount of eczema on her finger and she was scratching it and it was there because of the stress at that time and she... No, it had started because of my wedding ring. Oh, was it? Yeah, it started because of my wedding rings. It just got then, worse because of the stress. Yeah, and then it got worse and worse and was just like all over my pinky finger on my left hand and it was getting worse and worse and we were finishing the renovation, trying to get the renovation done before New Year's Eve because all of the contractors were going on holidays and we couldn't have them until the end of February. So we were trying to get so much done and then in the middle of that, still working, still being a stepmama. And organizing a surprise 40th birthday for Nick and all on my own. And then our friend took her own life and it was a lot. It was a lot. And so this eczema on my hand, on my finger, was just getting worse and worse and worse. And I was scratching it, scratching it in my sleep. And it ended up getting really infected. Yeah, I'm sure you would have heard of Golden Staff. And this was a particularly nasty one because it was antibiotic resistant Golden Staff. And it ended up kind of eating most of her finger away. And it was pretty gnarly. It was touch and go for about, well, certainly for two months, it was touch and go, whether that was going to spread, whether you could have problems with that finger. Like a lot of, it was pretty scary. Every single day we would look at the dressing, take it off and hope that it got better. And for a long time it didn't, it just got worse for like four weeks Mm. and nothing was really seeming to shift it. It was really, it was a huge challenge. And of course, the self-perpetuating cycle of stress because you're stressed about the infection, which just feeds it even more. Mm. And then it started getting a bit better, which was great. It took a long time. And then there was a moment where we took a dressing off and like literally like a third of her finger came off with it. It was It was so, so gross. But it was kind of a relief because we knew the body had healed to a degree, even though we could see like flesh and bone almost. It was oh. gross. Tendons and it was really feral. Now you can't see it. Her finger's still a bit stiff, but you can't see anything. But Yeah, it's like completely healed. What was your lesson in that? My lesson in that was I was trying to control too many things. Mm-hmm. I was trying to control the renovation, like trying to get that all done. I was trying to control. I don't know why. I had it completely under control. I know, but I, you know, like when all of the, con- a lot of the contractors are like, if we don't finish this, we won't be able to come back until just, uh, February, which means, you know, you won't be able to move in and things like that. So I was trying to control that. I was trying to control. I think elements of being a step parent. Yeah. I mean, that- definitely. There's been a big lesson for you and yeah. certainly a challenge of step parenting. You've spoken about that lots on your podcast. Totally. Yeah. And then I think it was, you know, it also reminded me of, you know, and then uh, our friend passing away, like it just reminded me, like, you know, we can't take this vehicle, our body for granted, you know? And so it just made me want to love and nourish my temple even more. 
than mm. I already do. What is one of your current struggles and how has your point of view changed on them? That is from by Malus. Current struggle. Let's just talk about a current struggle. Because we're always working through something, you and I. It's never ending. Mm, that's not a struggle. Like that's just growth and being in a committed marriage. Certain relationships in your life? <clears throat> I don't feel like I'm struggling. I don't like nothing's coming to me about struggling, but there's areas where, oh, okay, I've got one. It just dropped. <laughs> it just dropped. Okay. So, oh, but this isn't really a struggle. This is just something that I am aware of right now. And that is within some friendships of mine. And mm. realizing what I've realized is that everyone has a different love language and there's different ways that people express their love. And I have kind of thought that if someone doesn't show up the way that I would show up in a friendship, that that means that they don't love me or they don't want to be in a relationship with me. Meaning they might communicate differently to you. Yeah. Like if someone doesn't respond to a message or something. Yeah, for like two weeks or something or. Because we, it's, you take that personally because your character is, you don't even look at the message until you have space to respond immediately. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. you might not look at it for a couple of hours and then you'll respond in that moment as opposed to looking at it when it or comes a few through. Days. Yeah. As opposed to looking at it when it comes through and then not responding, then forgetting, and then, you know. Yeah. So I guess this is something that I've been more mindful of over the last year or so is yeah, just different ways that people communicate and that that doesn't mean that they don't care about you. That doesn't mean that they don't love you. It's just different. You know, I have some friends who are so verbal and so A-plus in communication, A-plus in crystal clear communication, right? And you know how they feel and where you stand. And then there's other people where they might take two to three weeks to respond to a message or something like that. And so, yeah, I've noticed that you just can't take that sort of stuff personally. You know, you don't know what's going on for them. Well, you you also have an expectation of them to respond or communicate in a way that you would communicate. Yeah. And ultimately that's going to disappoint you because that's going to lead to an unmet, unrealistic expectation. Expectations ruin relationships. What's the biggest challenge you've made in your life after a podcast guest from Joy Bell? Oh, Good question. Well, I mean, you might be able to help me out with this one, but I mean, I feel like a lot of the podcast guests, we've or, we were already doing a lot of the things. Because we're interviewing people that we've already researched or read their books yeah. or. You know, we know we're friends with or things like that. I think parenting has been one. Oh, yeah. Parenting. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely like, yeah, we've implemented a lot of the parenting strategies. Oh, remember when we did the alfoil thing? Yes. When we interviewed Dr. Libby Darnell. We, yeah. yeah, she spoke about EMFs, the invisible toxin that is ruining your health. And that is episode number 31. And one of the things that she recommended was the alfoil thing where you stand on alfoil, which counterbalances, counteracts the EMF absorption in your body. Is that correct? 
Something like that. Yeah. So I can't remember, but it, we were standing on our floor brushing our teeth in the morning. It was pretty funny. Yeah. She had our floor blue tack to the wall so you could pull it off and put it on the floor. It didn't last long, about a week. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm such a visually. Oh, I couldn't have it out. It was, it was ugly. Like who wants our foil stuck to their wall? Who is your number one bucket list podcast guest? Oh, I think Oprah. Yeah. We'll get her. Yeah, I want to interview Oprah. I want to interview Tony Robbins. I want to interview Gwyneth Paltrow. I want to interview Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba. If you're listening, by the way, because they might be listeners. You might be. Deepak Chopra. I want to re- interview Chris Martin. I want to interview so many people. So hey. many epic humans. I wish we could interview Nelson Mandela. I'm reading his book at the moment, A Long Walk to Freedom. Oh, so good. Amazing. All right. So. Moving into the next category of questions, which is more focused on wealth, Clementine wants to know, where do I start when starting a new business with just general overwhelm and finances and organization? Well, one of our secrets may help you answer that. One of our secret projects may help you answer that. But in the meantime, Nick has a whole bunch of episodes on this. I also have a whole bunch of episodes on productivity on my podcast. So make sure you listen to those. And you've got a whole bunch too. But overwhelm comes when you've got too much going on in your mind. And so this is why organization and discipline is so important. So we use things like teamwork and things and the app 1Password. And I would just say, go and check out my podcast, Productivity Without the Push is one episode we'll link to. Another one called Inbox Zero. Check those out. I mean, that's going to go a long way for you. And of course, with finances, read The Barefoot Investor. Oh, yeah. Do you get any hate or negative comments or DMs on social media? And how do you deal with them? Sandra wants to know. I don't get a lot, but I have had a bit of, uh, you know, I have had maybe a few. Yeah, maybe since I've known you, I'd probably 10. Yeah. A couple a year, maybe. Maybe. Not not a huge amount. And yeah. depending on what it is, it affects you in a different way. Yes. Sometimes like it just does not affect me one bit. And then sometimes and usually there might be a little bit of truth in it, it stings. Yeah, and there's a lesson there, so it hurts. Yeah. Right? But when there's like zero truth in it, like someone's just attacking for purely trolling, like I'm just like, oh, it doesn't even bother me. So but- you deal with that by delete and block. If it's troll, if it's just pure oh, hatred. Oh, yeah. I just delete it. Yeah. I've had a, uh, not much personally. I've had a couple in my life, but I'm a delete and block sort of person when it comes to trolls. Yeah. But then when there is constructive feedback, I, I take it on board. Like, I know, and I bring it to my team, like you and yeah. our team, and we discuss it. I had one this week. Yeah, we did. And I heard you respond to that person on a voice note in Instagram messages, which was great. And, you took your time to respond when you were doing it from the right place. Yeah. Doing it from a place of love and not a knee-jerk reaction, which is important. Yes. What was the last thing that you manifested in your life, Sandra wants to know? Well, Nick calls me a master manifester. He thinks that I have magical manifesting fairy dust. He's like- She does. Anytime you want something, you just sprinkle your fairy dust. Like we'll just be driving around. He's like, can you sprinkle your fairy dust so we can get a park? And I literally will. I'll pretend to sprinkle it and we will get a park. I actually can tell you one recently, which was quite funny. It was, I was doing a photo shoot for all my upcoming stuff and I wanted to experiment more with hats, you know, like just style, right? I was like, I'd love 
to get a really good hat that suits me. And whenever I go near a hat, Leo's like, uh, no, put it down, Dad. He's like, don't. Nah, nah, nah. I did it recently. It was so funny. And you've been the same. And I'm like, I want a hat that looks good on me. And literally, I don't know, like half an hour later, it was Will and Bear messaged you and sent, they've sent us a couple of hats and I freaking love it. And Melissa's like, my God, that works. It suits you. That was a good example. Yeah, but that's you manifesting. So that's true, actually. But that said, that's an example of little things that happen. Yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah, little things like that happen a lot. Like where we'll be thinking about something, and then I'll get a message and someone saying, "Hey, I'd like to send you this," and I'm like, "Wow, okay, that was quick." And oh, like recently, I was like, "I'd really love a massage," and then literally about thirty minutes later, I get a message in my inbox from this masseuse saying, I'd love to give you a massage. And I was like, um, okay, <laughs> done. Yeah, it's really common. It's kind of funny. We just sort of laugh at it. Yeah, we have like a little joke all the time about it. I have to interrupt this conversation to tell you about one of today's epic podcast sponsors, Audible. All you have to do is head to audible.com forward slash MA tribe or text MA tribe to 500 500 to get my special offer. This show requires me to read a ton of books, which is awesome, but there is only so many I can read at one time, which is why I love Audible. It's the best place to listen to audiobooks. You can listen anytime, anywhere, on any device. Both of my best-selling books, Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide, are on Audible. So if you haven't got them yet, make sure you do because we are giving Amazon Prime members 66% off for the first three months. That's $4.95 per month. And then after that, it's only $14.95 per month. This offer is only valid until the 31st of July. So make sure you head to audible.com forward slash MA tribe or text MA tribe to 500 500 to get this epic deal. Now let's get back to this conversation. Steph Yoga wants to know, how did you grow your essential oils business? And that's an interesting one. We never saw it as a business, did we? Really? It's not why we started it. If you've got a really strong originating intent that's of higher service to others, it's a very good place to start, right? Oh, it's like the only place to start. Things don't flow if they're not true for you. And that's a good indicator to kind of pivot. That's what I feel anyway. So how we have grown that business, we have multiple businesses together. So yeah, how we have grown this, apart from how we launch and birth all of our other creations, what what else have we done? Well, I think I know why you're sort of stumbling on that one. Yeah. For you, it's just been a very organic thing. Like you haven't really ever really thought of it as a business. You've just authentically shared something you love. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what, yeah, how we've grown it is I've just shared what I love and what I believe in. And there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I do a lot of mentoring with my girls, very one-on-one with some of our girls, and as does Melissa. We do, we have different roles, different types of mentoring. Mine's very business focused. Melissa's is much more mindset focused. So we do a lot of mentoring, which helps our team grow. But yeah, you know, on that note, speaking of projects, there is something huge coming up on that. Oh, keep an eye out. Yeah, look, it's a game changer. I think it's it's a it's a world first, and 
Yeah, just stay tuned on that one. We're really excited about it. Because if you are interested in growing it, this will help you. Even if you're already doing it, oh dear, it's incredible what we're building. All right, relationships, darling. Oh, yeah. How do you let go of shame and anger about a previous relationship? That's from EMS 35. Shame and anger are two different things. And I think let's just let's just pretend the question is, how do you let go of anything from a previous relationship? It is a conscious choice, but it's also there, depending on how that relationship ended, there's got to be a resolution within yourself about that relationship before I feel like you can fully move on. And I feel like for me with all of my past relationships, I definitely got to a place of conclusion before I could move on to the next person. And that didn't happen straight away. Like sometimes it happened months after, but I had to do a bit of work. And I think if there is shame or if there's anger that you're holding onto, then look at that, do some work on it, let it go, um, because it's only going to stop you from being fully present with yourself now and, and with your potential future partner. Well said, darling. Love from Brooke underscore wants to know, how do you handle criticism when it comes from family? Hmm. Do you get much criticism from family, first of all? Yeah, there's one person. Oh, do I? <laughs> that might be the answer right there because <laughs> you are struggling. And I don't think so. Like any family, Melissa has her own challenges with her family. Everyone does. It's yeah. just, you know, it's, that's the dynamic of family. Like they're there to teach us. I think what I've seen you do is just communicate very clearly. Mm. Take your time before responding to things. Maybe it is better I answer it because I actually get to witness what. Yeah, I don't know. Do I? Yeah, you do. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. But Melissa tends to, she's been pretty good, actually. There's been some challenges since we've been together and she's moved through that through just sitting with it a lot of the time. Doing the inner work. I mean, to be honest, you've done, you've been seeing a psycho, psych, what is it? Psychotherapist. Psychotherapist who is, sounds really serious. It's more that she's a really wise old Buddhist and she's just awesome to have someone else to talk to outside of your immediate partner or whoever. But for me, it just comes down to being very considered in your approach to it. Being very conscious of the triggers has been a big thing for you. Oh, I'm so aware of it. Yeah, and I can see them when they come. It's really interesting to watch. But she communicates very well, and she will take time to actually express herself very clearly and ask to be heard, things mm. like that. But that that's something as well that I have worked on over the years and gotten better and better at it. Totally, especially in the last 12 months. It's come leaps and bounds, I would say. What is the biggest challenge you have faced recently with your husband and how did you overcome it? And that question comes from me. (laughs) (laughs) I think the biggest challenge for us was maybe in January this year, six months ago. Mm. We were, we definitely took our relationship to the next level. We were, we up-leveled definitely through a very challenging just a challenging period. It was just, yeah. For lots of, lots of reasons we can't really share all of it. Some of it's super personal, but yeah, we're pretty open, but some things you just want to keep private. But, you know, that was one of those moments where there were things said that we've never said before. Like mm. we, we, we 
pushed it to the edge. <laughs> like we did. And we gave it a good nudge. I feel like I really had to bring you back around and, and realize what we had at have. one have. At one point, I feel like there was a pivotal conversation that went for like two hours. Yeah. And we just sat in the bedroom and we did not leave. And we sat and we talked for two hours straight. It was, it was a, it was at breaking point at that point. It was not breaking point because it's never, no, nah. it wasn't breaking. It was stretching. We never see, like, we never think we're going to break, but. It was stretching. There and were things always- said that felt like it was a breaking point. It was just in the heat of the moment. It was just worded that way. I feel like I don't see it like that. You see it different to me. I don't see it like that. Like, I see it like glass ceiling, like you've hit another level and then you up level. I think maybe that you just forget what you said. <laughs> I don't know. I seriously, like, I don't remember these things. I sure, don't. I remember like even everything. just racking my brains thinking about this period. Like I don't remember it. Or like I remember so many of the great times. Like you ask me about all the great times, I will remember and be able to replay them in my mind and give you a perfect example. Favorite moment right now, go. Oh, so many Greece, both times. Greece, like in Milos and swimming in the beach, swimming at that beautiful moon beach with you. That's one of my favorite moments ever. Getting married, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, that too. That could be getting proposed to, maybe? I don't know. Oh, that Just too. Whatever. And like even your 40th, that was amazing. Yeah, the first was. day we moved in here was amazing. That was amazing. It was, was Chris- so amazing. We woke up here on Christmas Day. Yeah. Our first, we just woke up and just pinched ourselves. Uh, babe, I have so many moments, favorite moments. What's it like for you spending 50% of your time apart from Nick and how has that affected the relationship? That question comes from me again. Ah, ah. you're planting yeah, these. I'm, I had to plant a couple because for me, this is, I know this is current. Yeah, you and know? people have asked this. Like our friends have asked well, us this. Your, yeah, your friend asked you yesterday yeah. this question. So I did put it, thanks, Katie, for that question. Yeah, we love you, Katie. Because we do, just for people who don't know, our general routine is I spend two weeks in Sydney and two weeks in Noosa. No, that's during the school terms. During so the school terms, school yeah. terms, Nick goes back and forth two weeks, two weeks, and then in the school holidays, Leo flies here and we're all here together. So the most amount of time that I'm ever away apart, wherever apart, is only two weeks. And Leo right now is in Scotland. Would you believe that? He's in Scotland. Oh, that's a good accent. Yeah, he's doing a music tour. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, me too. On his own. Yeah. He's flown the nest. Yeah. (laughs) And so. How has it affected our relationship, do you think? Because affected has a potential negative connotation, but I don't see it that way. No, it is. Okay. So, like, it is awesome and challenging. Yeah. Awesome in the fact that, like, I am like a little kid when he comes home. Like, and that whole first week, we're just like teenagers all over again. And it is the best. Like, can't, you know, leave each other's side. And she picks me up from the airport and we get home and she might have something planned. I'm like, okay, Uh, bedroom first. (laughs) Yeah. We, we like the first week is just so beautiful and teenagers all over again. It's like we first met and we go on dates and it's so beautiful and, and exciting and, yeah, but for me, like the se- the two weeks, and especially because I'm here a lot, like on my own, like you and Leo are in Sydney. So for me, the first week is like great. Hmm. <laughs> 
And then it gets to like the second half of the second week and I'm like, okay. Is that right? Five more sleeps, four more sleeps, three more sleeps, two more sleeps, one more sleep. Like the, that last five days seems to just drag out so long. And yeah, I and I get so like, I get so excited to see you, but it's... Let's talk as a step parent then, out of interest, because there's things that I'm doing with Leo. And I think being a step parent has its own challenges of being at sometimes feeling like an outsider. But we always talk about how the three of us are a family of choice. Like we've chosen to become a family. But because I'm having all that time with Leo and you're not there, how does that make you feel? There is a little bit of like left out. Like I feel it sometimes triggers this little girl left outness a little bit. Mm. But then I remind myself that I'm choosing to stay here and that's been my choice and I can get on an aeroplane and go if I want to, but I'm choosing to live here. Well, it's a special time in your life because we have this new home and there's a bit of spaciousness in your career at the moment and we don't have children of our own together. So it's a pretty unique space where you actually have space. I'm actually the one who's been encouraging Melissa to take that space, to be perfectly I've honest. I've never had it. Yes, yeah, so I'm wanting her to sit here and and be with herself. I think it's an interesting exercise. It's almost like a forced Vipassana. And it has very positive effects for, for Leo and I because, you know, when you're in a separated family like that, you know, the dad often doesn't have so much. I'm lucky that we have Leo 50% of the time. Yeah, that's but, amazing. Which is amazing. But now I, when I'm with Leo for that 50%, I'm actually, it's just me and him right now. So I think with those years between like, 13 to 18 where he's finishing high school and everything. I think it's a real gift that he has me for that period. And I think, you know, would it be better if you were there? I think you are at times anyway. Yeah, I go sometimes. There's positives both ways. Yeah, and you know, for he, sure. And we have a set time every night that we FaceTime each other at 7.45. <laughs> and that works really well for us. Sometimes I ask her to take her clothes off. <laughs> He does not. <laughs> you know, I do, don't I? <laughs> so we have little routines and rituals. We make sure that I get Leo on the phone in the morning sometimes and she gets to stay connected to him and he misses her a lot. So it's it has its challenges for sure, but it has its positives. It's just polarity. Mm. Polarity in action. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to get to some of your questions you ask your guests. Okay, and let's do it. And I'm going to treat them all like rapid fire. All right. Because this has been a long one, so let's smash yeah. it. Yeah, okay, cool. What do you attribute your success to? Apart from me. Ha! I wasn't going to say that. I think being so driven, organized, and disciplined. Yeah. And what about doing what you love? Yeah. That's a given. Makes it easy, huh? Easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's a given. What's bringing you the most joy right now, apart from me? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I think one one of the things that's bringing me the most joy right now is just being in the kitchen with you and... The two weeks that I don't have you here, like I just eat so boringly and so having you here is so fun and just experimenting with, you know, new recipes and getting excited and getting in the kitchen, that's bringing me a lot of joy right now. What is the one thing you are working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? Hmm. Not taking things so personally. I think 
I'm quite a sensitive person and sometimes I can take things personally when they're really not personal. They're not got anything to do with me. So that's something I'm working on. Life would be so much easier if we didn't take things so personally, hey? Totally. I reckon. Mm -hmm. It's a good one, darling. What are you doing to help with that process? I think it comes back to awareness and awareness gets strengthened through things like meditation. So just continuously sticking to my two meditations a day and strengthening my self-awareness muscle and just being mindful of it, like catching it when it pops up and almost just going, oh, that's interesting. I was about to take that personally, but this actually isn't about me. Also known as being the observer or the witness. Very good. Let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the curriculum in every high school around the world. Which book would you choose, darling? I think book number three. It's not even out yet, but it's going to be a book that every single high school student, male and female, need to read. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't think we ever wrote it with high school students in mind, but now thinking about it, it's definitely super relevant, actually. I wish I had that education at school. Mm. Make a huge difference. What do you What do you think about one of the great things I've witnessed from seeing you do this show is the number of books you've managed to get through because you research your guests so extensively. And Nat Gudis has written a book called Beautiful You. And when I think about young women, if I had a daughter, what would I want them to learn about that may not be taught in school? And I think this is probably done at some basic level in schools, but just thinking about young women and their menstrual cycle and their bodies, wouldn't that be a great one? Oh yeah, it's such a great book. There's so many good books. Maybe as well, I'm not sure if I've mentioned... Yeah, I think I've mentioned this a million times in my podcast, but Louise Hayes' You Can Heal Your Life is great for both uh, boys and girls, um, where Nat's book is more focused just for women, which is amazing. Also, I think I've mentioned many times Conversations with God, both of my books. There's so many good books out there, so many. And I read a lot. I usually read about a book a week because I just love reading so much and there is a ton of amazing books out there. So there are a couple of really goodies. We spoke yesterday with your or our friend, Katie. Hey, Katie. Hello, Katie. About porn. Oh, yeah. Has this got to do with books? <laughs> well, I think that there needs to be education around this because there's a whole generation of young men who have access to incredible amounts of pornographic content. and are going out into the world as young men, young adults, with a completely delusional sense of what lovemaking or sex is all about. Mm. And where is that education going to come from? Because, I mean, nothing against my parents, but I didn't get that talk. I know. It'd be amazing if someone has written already or could write some sort of beautiful, inspiring educational manual for. That high school teenage person, what's the word of you? Teenager. Teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that high school age where it talks about the sacredness and the specialness and the preciousness of our body and what love is and lovemaking is. Like it would be amazing. So if anyone knows of any good books, 
that are already out there, let us know. I'd love to check them out and so that we can give them to Leo. And how, you know, how people should be in lovemaking, how they should treat each other. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just which some is basics. Just some basics. Yeah. You know? Because they're getting schooled by porn and that is just not, not a good place to get their education from. Well, the thing is with porn that you can, with the click of a mouse, you can be seeing the most hardcore stuff that you want, which is pretty scary. It's beyond scary, actually. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. But um, maybe we should write that as book four. Mm. Not a bad idea. <laughs> what are the three things that you're most recently grateful for? Mm, well, I'll say the three things that I'm most recently grateful for that I said this morning, because we always ask each other what we're grateful for every morning when we're having our cuddle. And this morning I said, I'm grateful for a new friendship that's come into our life, Jesse and Sam. And we've spent a lot of time with them this week and got to connect with them on a really deep level. And I'm really grateful for that friendship. I'm always grateful for you. Always. You're my number one. Thank you, princess. And thanks, baby. And I'm grateful for my health and our health, definitely. And you mentioned Jesse. Jesse Ryman's you're referring to is our partner in crime when it comes to 5G. Yes. Not crime, but anyway. Partners in shine. Partners in shine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So check out Jesse Ryman's work. You can follow her on Instagram. Her website is Get a Fresh Start. We'll link to this in the show notes, but she has some great information on her blog about 5G. Yes. What's the one most important thing we can do for our health? Eat more plants. I agree, 100%. What's the one most important thing we can do for our wealth? Write an apology letter to money for all the years that you've spoken crap about it and then rewrite your money story. Mm, That's a goodie. That's something which our lovely friend Peter Kelly talked about in her book, Earth is Hiring. She's been on this show and spoken about money. She's been on the show twice. Yeah. One of the few that has. So check out those episodes with Peter Kelly. We'll link to those in the show notes. What's the one most important thing we can do for our love? Be love. If you want more love, you got to be it. You got to give it. You got to be it first. That just makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you would like to share with us, darling? I, you know, losing a friend in December to suicide has been one of the most life-changing things for me and us. And it reminded me of the sacredness and the preciousness of life and that we don't know how many years, days, weeks, months, minutes we have left. And so we really do need to make the most of every day, every second, soak it up, don't sweat the small stuff, Enjoy, laugh as much as you can, make love, be happy, do the things you love, eat the things that you want to eat. Just have a really good time. That's what we're here for. Amen, sister. Yeah. (laughs) What's the one thing that I personally and the listeners can do to serve you today? I would love it so much if everyone could head to the show notes and sign the 5G petition. Yes. First, I would love that so much. And then the second thing, can I have two requests? As many as you like, actually. It's your show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my second request is 
I would love if everyone for the next week was super mindful about where you spend your money because we vote with our dollar, like I've said before, and I would really love you to just bring your attention to where you're spending your money and ask yourself, you know, do I believe in this company, their brand, their values, their ethos, and do I want to purchase this and buy into this? So that's your homework for the next week. Well, darling, it's that time of the show where I, as the host, get to say thank you to you as the guest, which is quite fun. Hmm. But I want to say thank you for everything you do for this show. You created this show from a pure place of service. You wanted to find a way to add more value to more lives. And now at 7 million, and I think one day it'll be 70 and maybe 700, who knows, but it's going to continue to grow. But I want to say thank you for the way that you show up. I get to see all the work you do behind the scenes. You don't just rock up and it magically comes out. It's a lot of preparation, a lot of books, a lot of research. And you also get to know the guests before the call as well, which reflects in the way the interviews pan out. And I just want to say thank you for being such a beautiful, shiny light in this world. And you're the real deal and I love you heaps. Mm, Thanks, babe. Yeah, I love doing this show so much. Thank you to everyone for tuning in twice a week so awesome. I absolutely love bringing you people that have inspired me, have inspired us on our journey, and I will continue to do that. So thank you so much. I'm really grateful for everyone listening and also for everyone who's taken the time to leave me a review. We read all of the reviews. So thank you so much for taking the time to leave that review because it really does help get the show into more people's ears, which is what we want. We want to help inspire and educate even more people together. So thank you so much to every single one of you for listening, for leaving a review and for being here. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Well, I don't know about you, but I got heaps out of today's episode. I love listening to my lady talk about the things that she loves so much. And I loved hearing her answer your most commonly asked questions. And if you love it as much as me, please go and subscribe to this show and leave Melissa a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app because the more reviews, it means the more people get to hear this because that's the way the fancy algorithms work out there. The more reviews, the more important it seems. So please head out there, leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to go and join the MA Tribe Facebook group. It's totally free. You can go and hang out, share your insights from this episode and tell Melissa who you want to get on the show and the sorts of things you want to hear more of. It's a really beautiful space where the tribe gets together and can discuss all things Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide and anything to do with this show. So go and check it out at melissaambrosini.com forward slash tribe and it will redirect you straight to that Facebook group. And as always, for everything that was mentioned in today's episode, and there's lots, you can go and check it out in the show notes at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 217. And you can also check out all of Melissa's other episodes there as well. And don't forget, if you haven't got her amazing books, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex, and of course, the classic Master Your Mean Girl, head over to melissaambrosini.com forward slash open wide or forward slash mastering your mean girl 
to get your copy now. And if you head over to the Open Wide page, you'll also see there is free access to an Open Wide video masterclass that Melissa and I have created just for you, totally free. And if you want to be the review of the week next week, which I didn't do because I didn't know about it, so that's cool. But next week, there will be a review of the week. Head on into iTunes and leave your review today. Thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best version of yourself, and for showing up today. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you think would benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. Take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email, text it to them, whatever it takes to get it in their ears because this stuff is the real deal and it changes lives. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.